When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. There's no crying in baseball. Hey, everyone, welcome. I'm so glad to have you with me. So that's from Penny Marshall's 1992 movie, A League of Their Own, and it was one of my favorites. Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tom Hanks, it was a classic. A sports drama comedy, critically acclaimed, a box office success, that told the fictionalized story of the real-life All-American Girls Professional Baseball League in 1943. It's also a favorite and very influential to Abby Jacobson and Will Graham, the co-creators of the new Amazon Prime series, A League of Their Own, premiering on August 12th. I was so pleased to get to speak to both the creators and the stars of the show that include Abby Jacobson of Broad City fame, Darcy Carden, and so many more. The creators say that while they wanted to keep the spirit of Penny Marshall's film, the series widens the lens to tell stories that were left untold of a generation of women who dreamed of playing professional baseball. There's another one on Tuesday. Tuesday's too late, sir! Do not approach the train. let it happen! Ticket, please. About that. Hey, you! You're clearly going to tryouts. She doesn't look like that much competition. I could be competition, I think. Oh, We're here for the tryouts. I don't think you understand. This is the All-American League. We're pretty All-American. Who was that? Showing that knuckleball. They didn't even let me try out, Dad. Maxine, you've got to make some smarter choices. This is fun. This is something I can work with. Peaches! I'd like to go through a few rules. Curfew is at 10 p.m. sharp. No smoking or drinking. No pants. What? First up, here is co-creator and star Abby Jacobson, who plays Carson, and Shantae Adams, who plays Max. Penny Marshall's film was quite revolutionary. I mean, it was a huge sports movie about women, but many stories were left untold, and you wanted to widen that lens. How so? Yeah, exactly. It was something, it was a film I was so obsessed with as a kid, so inspiring to me in all sorts of ways. But it was also, it it is still this iconic queer film, but like there's no one that's out. Like it's not, it's just like a a vibe kind of, it's kind of alluded to. And there's a lot of nods in that film. You know, it's made in 1992 and there's nods to things. And we do not, did not want to do any more nodding. We wanted to really lean into all the things that, that was were alluded to in the film. So that is the queerness. That is the fact that the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League did not allow Black women to try out. And so when we were expanding that lens, like those are the most fascinating stories to us. And the film will always be right here talking about the other stories, but we really wanted to focus on the ones that weren't able to be told or 
really leaned into. And Ms. Adams, how did Max widen that lens? Yeah, Max represents a whole generation of Black women during that era that were playing sports, no matter what the sport was. But Max's character, it, the character, Max, not Max's character, my character, Max, <laughs> is inspired by three real women, Tony Stone, Mamie Johnson, and Connie Morgan, and they played in the Negro Leagues. And so, you know, it wasn't just the All-American League that women were playing baseball in during this era. And so we also just wanted to tell that story of where were all the other women and what happened after they tried to try out for the All-American League? Where did they go? Like, did they quit? Did they keep going? And so we get to follow that story with Max and find out. There's an incredible amount of research you did. You had consultants, you had historians, and you took looked at the code of conduct for these women. What surprised you most about what these women were put through, Abby, in order to follow their dreams? It's interesting. Like, I guess I could say I'm like surprised, but it's also just like everything kind of now where you're like, no. And then you're like, yeah, of course it's like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think when it comes to the All-American Girls professional baseball league such a mouthful sorry you know a lot was showcased in the film the the way in which they had to be had to present and I think we really tried to 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 show a little bit more of those rules and guidelines and you know they're operating so much from the male gaze and in how they wanted them to present so feminine on the field and I think we really also wanted to to lean into Max's character and the way in which she feels like she has to present for society but also for like the big pillars in her life and just like the way I think like now there are those limitations I know in in a lot of parts of the world but that is something I think that we're more able to freely Mm -hmm. freely express ourselves but that was a big part of of a lot of the characters journeys it was so interesting because when I was doing research, I mean, you have the women from the 40s, you have um, the 90s, Gina Davis, when she was doing interviews, it was like all these patronizing questions about feminism and things like that. And now we're in an era with all this legislation and row. And what do you hope that this story will bring? I just, I wanted to continue to inspire women to go after their dreams and to understand that going after your dream isn't always, especially from Max's point of view, is not always going to be easy. And you might not always get it on that first shot, but to continue to keep going because, you know, eventually you'll find your version of hashtag finding your team. And now co-creator Will Graham and executive producer Desta Tedros Ref. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much. We're excited to talk to you. Yeah. So Desta, I read such a great thing recently that you said about your show. And I quote, I think so much of the show is about finding your team and your team is not just on the field. How do you depict that on the show? So much of it is finding your team, like I said, that's on the field and off the field, which is which is sort of like we have the peaches, right? And we're seeing them as players on sort of with what they have to do to sort of be on the field and being a team and 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 the other parts of and pieces of themselves that they're bringing into the play and into Rockford and into um, just sort of growing as a team. Part of the point of the show is like your team isn't just who's on the field with you. It's yeah. also the people that get you there. Um, Finding your people. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's something we want, you know, we hope people take away from it too. 
So, Will, you've talked about your love for Penny Marshall's film, and that stems from your own experiences playing Little League as a queer yeah. kid. Now, what was that experience like? Um, honestly, it was very yes. hard. I uh, was terrible, um, probably because I didn't think that I should be there. Uh, I felt like there was something broken um, in me, but I didn't know a name for it. Um, and... I felt like I was undercover as a boy. And so like a team of boys was like the most frightening thing in the world. Um, there was one year, my team was um, called the Chesapeake Bagel Bakery Bagels. What? So I was a bagel. I've never heard this Again. before. And there was one year where uh, they created a position. I was the second right fielder. So so that I, I guess I wouldn't screw up the game. So I was just really far out. Okay. In the just everyone was little Aww. dots but there's something about the movie that sort of said you know it's okay to feel like a mess it's okay to not feel like you belong you can still find a team and obviously that speaks to the universal themes of the film that we're also hoping people find in the show it's a show that is for everyone and that hopefully is opening up a new set of perspectives and, and, you know, giving a way for people to see themselves in the story that haven't had that chance before. What surprised you the most about what these women had to go through? Uh, I think what surprised me the most was learning about um, Mimi Johnson, uh, Tony Stone, Connie Morgan, the women who were the uh, inspiration for Max's story, and there are hundreds others who um, didn't get as far as the Negro Leagues like they did, but who who... Um, wanted to play fall, ball and found a way to play. And and really with all of these characters, the amount of imagination and the sort of wild, restless imagination that it takes to want something and go for something that the world doesn't show you as a possibility on any level. To have your dream be something that really is new, out of whole cloth, I think is so incredible. And I think the imagination under these characters and their sort of wild restless spirits is something that yeah it surprised me and and it's something i've tried to like take into my own life too there was a lot of history that i thought i knew that i didn't it's just sort of like the deeper you went the more you uncovered and i think there was a, a surprise i don't want to say disappointment in myself but like as a black queer woman i'm like i should know more about these stories specifically the negro league specifically more about like the, the people we've highlighted um, Mamie Johnson, Tony Stone, Connie Morgan. Um, and I think I was surprised by that. And there was also kind of also a weird lack of surprise in the sense of like, even when you're talking about the code of conduct, what women have to go through to play. There's a timeliness to this story and a timelessness to it because these are sort of universal struggles that I think we are all continuing to sort of go through. 2022 has been a lot for women. It's been a lot. I think it's been 2022 has been a lot, but it's like if you read everyone. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, the parts of the story that sometimes are the most surprising, like they're like, oh, they, they made them play in dresses and put on makeup. We talked to a woman from the U.S. soccer team who was like, yeah, they made us encourage us to play makeup until 2013 yeah like this we're not far away from this story and at the same time the story's bigger than just the obstacles or yeah or the people who were saying no 
think we have to keep telling these stories to to understand how universal these these sort of journeys are. But I also think what is surprising, I think to me, I'm I'm used to again as a black queer woman telling these stories from a place of sort of like trauma and pain. And really, when we spoke to to players and to to people who lived in Black Rockford, there was a lens of celebration and joy that you can be sort of more than the obstacles in your way. Mm -hmm. That like we can still celebrate sort of. Um, finding your team and going after your dream and sort of finding love in a world that doesn't want you to sort of find it or have it. Um, and that was just really exciting and really transformative. Actor Kelly McCormick, who plays Jess, talks about how her character widens that lens that we heard the creators talk about. She's also joined by Priscilla Delgado, who plays Esti, and Roberta Colindres, who plays Lupe. Uh, I think my character is... is- Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Perhaps more based off of the, the real women who played the sports as opposed to the film. Um, I think as a, a lot of Canadian women played in the game and so I was representing Canada. Uh, but, you know, I... I yeah, exactly. I was I was excited to play a character who didn't... Um, articulate themselves in the way in terms of their gender or their sexuality. It was just, they just were. And um, I think it represents um, in the forties when, when we, they didn't have the privilege of having the right words and the, and the plethora of words that we have now for self-identification. And, uh, and uh, a lot of these women were queer and a lot of these women were living lives that were outside of the cultural norm. And Um, I think my character sort of clearly is that, but maybe without having to say. Priscilla. I I could really not imagine how hard it would have been for for them, especially not only for women, queer women, um, Hispanic women. I just, I I really think that I cannot deeply understand it. Um, Thank God. But... um, Talk to me a little bit about the training in the production. Roberta, what, what was the training like? And did you have real trainers to help you? Oh, yeah, we did. We had, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were out there hustling, sweating, doing laps. Yeah, we did. We did it all. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of went in thinking that it was going to be like another show where actors play things that they don't actually have to do. And then we actually had to play <laughs> baseball. And it was just like, oh, oh, you know, which is exciting, I think, for each of us, even some of us are are more athletic naturally and have a you know are have a history of, of playing sports growing up and some of us don't and, and and everybody I think was equally excited to do it and they really did we had incredible trainers and and uh, baseball players that were training us and were working with us and were playing with us and everybody was like so supportive and 
and so excited and like they treated us like actual baseball players which makes a huge difference because you know you know a lot of times you know actors get treated like that we're just like silly you know annoying <laughs> people and and these people treated us like baseball players and it yeah. felt really it felt like what it must have felt like to play baseball in this league in 1943 where it was just like people were you know expecting like oh women can't do that and then they were they were actually were and more and more people accepted them as actual athletes so what was the most difficult thing about the sport? I mean, to learn when you're not a baseball player. I mean, also like the rules, the, the whole, the rules of the game, like, sure. um, and I, yeah, a lot of it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really tiring sport. You think it's only just like batting and then running every like 45 minutes or something, but it's, it's actually a lot of work. And, uh, and for me personally, as a pitcher, like I had to completely train myself to throw a baseball, you know, and not just like skip a rock so it, it was it was it was a lot of work but it was really fun and mm. it was cool it was really cool so kelly will graham was talking about this lifelong love that he had for the original for penny marshall's film did you have a relationship to the film and if so what was it yeah the 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 film was like synonymous with our upbringing basically just it was in that kind of canon of very shiny magical 90s films that had this real like feel good yeah. nature to them as like a, someone whose sports was so important to me growing up um, and women and, and just like, you know, finding that camaraderie, I, uh, how could you not love a movie about one movie of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of movies about women playing a sport? Yeah. Um, and what I loved about it and what, I and what I still find surprising is like a lot of men regard this film as like their favorite film of all time, um, which I think says something to the reality of sports which is just sports aren't for men or for women it's just there's something about a team and sports and the the story of an underdog that really captures people that people's imagination and now former good place star darcy carden and melanie field talk about their characters joe and greta found family and the connection between them they also talk about the incredible Maybelle Blair, a historic athlete who played for the league, came out at age 95 and has served as a consultant on the show. I mean, it's so special. She's like so watch. excited yeah. to have this, these new family and friends. And yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they're all these women come from very specific places all over the U.S. and Canada, Cuba. And they're like put together in this environment that they would otherwise not come in contact with each other. So I think of it as like when you're in a new group of people and you're like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. You know, like we love the same stuff. We're good at the same stuff. We have these differences, but we're learning from each other. Like that to me is like family, you know, yeah. that's like chosen family team. And that's definitely happening in the series. It's definitely happening for Greta and Joe individually and as a unit. Yeah. Um, just like their experience, their life experiences being like blown open yeah. in, a, in a really neat way. I feel like, especially in that, um, that scene that you and I have at the table where we're smoking, yeah. you kind of say that you're yeah. kind of like, let's embrace this let's moment. Just embrace yeah. It yeah. As long as it lasts. Yeah. So Melanie, you had incredible access to research and consultants, the code of conducts that these players, what surprised you the most? Something that we talked about a lot, especially for the queer characters was the dress code. Yeah. Um, and I talked about it a lot with costuming as well. Like, you know, we'd have a, a costume fitting and they'd put Joe in like a shirt and a skirt. And I'm like, Joe doesn't wear this. And she's like, well, exactly. Right. Like, they weren't allowed to wear pants. If they wore pants, they got fined. And, and it started to get to a point where I felt when I was wearing the skirt, like I was in drag. Like, I, I was like, feel, you feel like, that. what is this? Yeah. And even the way that, that Joe, that I, as Joe ended up walking in the skirt and like feeling in the skirt, 
it, it really started to feel like so oppressive. <laughs> and like when we got to wear the pants and go to the gay bar, it's like, oh, like it just yeah. felt so good. But yeah, they were like almost treated like children in a way like yeah. that they didn't, you know, it, it <laughs> the chaperone and the rules and the, you know, there, it was like, these were women. These were like adult Grown women well, and some of them, young, right? Yeah, we're so young. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is Maybelle Blair? Who is Maybelle Blair? Maybelle Blair is the legend, the icon, (laughs) a shining light. The best hype man. Truly a gift to us all. We've known Maybelle now for like since about 2019. Mm -hmm. And she's been a part of this show longer than we have. And she's (laughs) really, um, she has been, she's been like a joy to know, but also she's been so helpful and resource. Like it's hard. She's, she's, um, She's one in a million. Yeah. She's re- we're so lucky. She came. She would come to the set, and and you know she's been with us, sort of like doing some press and just getting to like getting to know her and love her and and and, and hear about it from yeah, her. Like it's direct from her. It's it, been like, how do we get so lucky? Yeah, a gift. A True, gift. a gift. There it is. Yeah. Exactly. And finally, the great Saida Arike Gulona, who plays Max's mother Tony, and Molly Ephraim, who plays Maybelle, modeled after the before-mentioned Maybelle Blair. Tony represents, you know, the African-American community that was thriving at the time. You know, the movie was a great start, but what we're doing is we're picking it up and we're running with it. We're expanding it and, and showing the fuller real world. Molly, who is Maybelle Blair? Maybelle Blair? Haven't you seen her around town? The (laughs) five-year-old ball playing, recently coming out of the closet, absolute legend star with the hair and the nails and the glasses and the Louisville Sluggers a cane. Legend. Absolutely amazing. My Maybelle is sort of loosely based on her. I'm not playing a lady killer. Um, like the real Maybelle. Mm, she's uh, she's she's all sass, though. All sass, all spunk. So I tried to bring some of that. The makeup and the short skirts, it's pretty absurd. I mean, there, there aren't other sports that sort of do this to the players mm. to make them feel just so... Um, I don't know, demeaned. Mm. I mean, it was demeaning. Um, And I think Maybelle had said something about, you know, sliding into home plate or something and her leg looking like ground chuck. I'm pretty sure that makes it into the show at some point. It's (laughs) crazy. You're, You're out there, you know, really getting down and dirty and you have to still look like a little lady while you're doing it. Yeah, it's totally impractical. It's not practical. <laughs> I like a red lip, but come yeah, on. Yeah, but come on. No, Just limit it to the lip. Don't give me a Not on the field. You know what I mean? No, come on. <laughs> I got to sweat. <laughs> Thank you so much to the cast and creators of A League of Their Own, which premieres on Amazon Prime on August 12th. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily... That's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately 7 minutes.